Welcome to the Nate KG Podcast, where I talk with jump ropers of all skill levels with different styles, geographical locations, and fitness goals to answer the simple but all-encompassing question, what is jump rope to you? In this episode, I talk with Chris Holmes. You can find him on Instagram at jumpropevideos. He also runs jumpropevideos.com. Chris is a former jump rope world champion and has been involved with the sport for over 30 years. That's a long time. He's performed and taught in 11 different countries and has won several championships at both national and worldwide competitions. Chris is currently a board member of the American Jump Rope Federation. Needless to say, he knows jump rope really well. I'm super pumped for all of you guys to hear this episode because Chris and I really dive into all of the different skills and people and culture and competition structure of competitive jump rope. And I really had a phenomenal time sinking back into my roots and learning more history on the sport. And just so you know, all of the different people and crazy skills and stuff that we talk about uh, in this episode, they're all hyperlinked at natekg.com. And we definitely go into detail uh, on some very specific skills. So yeah, you're not going to want to miss that because it is some mind-blowing stuff. So yeah, that's over at natekg.com. With that being said, please enjoy my conversation with Chris Holmes. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Hey, Nate, how are you? I am great, and I'm really pumped for this uh, for the talk. We're gonna have a really good time. There's so many so many things I want to ask you. <laughs> so awesome, I'm pumped to get started. So I think probably a good place to to begin is I guess the history of competitive jump rope, kind of touching on it in periods of times. Yeah, I know there's that's a huge topic, but I'm wondering. Um, yeah, we should probably go. You know, kind of where it started and kind of walk us through uh, yeah, all so- of that. Um, I don't know if I can give you the, the complete history, but I can kind of give you uh, a, a little bit of my perspective of the history a little bit. Um, so I started jumping in 1985 uh, when I was in third grade. Uh, I started with a jump rope team uh, in Texas that was started by my elementary PE uh, teacher. And he had gone to a PE convention and seen another uh, demo team uh, performing and thought, hey, I've got kids at my school. I can do this. And so he came back and introduced jump rope into his uh, PE classes and then uh, pulled aside some of the kids that seemed to really enjoy it and um, and let us try out for the team. And uh, that's kind of where I got started, um, not really knowing anything about it and um, went from there to, you know, starting to go to small competitions and workshops around the state and then moving on to, you know, national and international competitions and uh, eventually kind of traveling all over the world and trying to help promote the sport. Um, So uh, back when I started uh, back then, the organization was the International Rope Skipping Organization, uh, IRSO, is what I started in. And uh, and then there's been a number of different evolutions of, of organizations over the years. Um, and fast forward to where we're at now, where we have some really exciting things going on in the sport, uh, where we've got um, the two big international organizations are in the process of merging right now. Um, the World Jump Rope Federation and the uh, and FISAC, um, they are um, both merging right now and uh, forming a new organization called uh, IJRU, the International Jump Rope Union. Um, That's really exciting. So, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really good stuff, and it's a it's a good direction for the sport, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go from here. So, when you started jumping, I'm curious what was uh, what was practice like. Because a lot of people do different styles of jump rope practice, right? What was it like on your sure. team? 
So our team, uh, when we first started, uh, was, uh, I mean, we were just a bunch of elementary school kids. And so it was a lot of us, uh, spending time in, in the gym twice a week for two hours at a time, uh, just trying to learn new tricks and new skills. Uh, so that was, that was where we spent the bulk of our time was just working on learning to do freestyle. We did a lot of like uh, group choreographed routines to music. Uh, my coach was really particularly good at, at choreographing those. And so that became kind of a staple of early performances and things like that. What we would do to try to show off what we were doing. So we did a lot of little community shows. Um, who is, uh, who was your coach? Roger Crozier, Roger um, from the footnotes in San Diego, footnotes in San Antonio. Yeah. So he was one of the early, early coaches and, and, and such a great role model, um, for so many people and really a big pioneer in the sport. He was such a great teacher, uh, that, uh, you know, he was invited to go a lot of places to teach other teams and, and help spread the sport. And, and so, um, I kind of got to ride, you know, his coattails a little bit and, and travel around and, and, uh, and get to teach and, and, uh, you know, just share what we had learned. And that's so much of what I think makes jump rope so great as a community is everybody's willingness to share uh, what they've learned. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. That's, it's one of the coolest things, right? Like the, the workshops and the camps. I remember oh, yeah. when I started learning, yeah, it was just one of the most exciting things was waking up bright and early on Saturday, <laughs> rolling into a gym <laughs> and then jumping with a whole bunch of people and just watching all the, you know, crazy tricks and skills and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's so much where, um, the, the culture of our sport came from with those workshops. And that's where a lot of the innovation happened. Um, I remember very vividly, you know, it wasn't so much necessarily the workshop itself where you learn the tricks. For me, at least, it was it was the trick circle that formed after lunch before we got back started. You know, <laughs> and it was all the uh, the the jumpers that were on staff uh, trying to one up each other. You know, yeah. and so uh-huh. uh, just you know standing in a circle and showing each other you know the craziest trick we could come up with, and then trying to do it and trying to, to one up each other the whole time. So, so I'm curious, so is that where the trick names came from? Because you know a lot about where <laughs> names actually originated from, right? Yeah. So a lot of the trick names, uh, are, uh, usually invented by the, the name, the tricks are, are named by the people that do them first. Typically is kind of the, the culture that's, that's evolved over the years. So when somebody would do a trick for the first time, they kind of got the privilege of naming it. And that's why you see a lot of tricks named like uh, with initials like EB or AS or TJ, because those are the initials of in, in some way of, of the people that that did them first. So AS, for example, which um, people will know as a, as a kind of a cross behind the knees, um, it's uh, that was named after one of my teammates, uh, Amber Sharp. Um, she was a footnote in San Antonio and she did that trick in elementary school and nobody had seen it before and said, all right, you get to name it. And so it's the AS. <laughs> that is so cool. And then the TJ is kind of the most iconic one, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the big, uh, trick that everybody wants to learn. And, and it's actually, it's kind of got a few different meanings and it kind of depends on who you ask where the name came from, but it was invented by two jumpers uh, that were from the Indiana Thump Jumpers, Tommy Glenn and John Sparks. Mm. And uh, they were also from the Thump Jumpers. So depending on who you ask, ah. TJ either stands for Tommy and John or it stands for Thump Jumpers. But it kind of worked on both levels. So um, that's where it came from. And coincidentally, those are also the same guys that invented the Jami. So John and Tommy. And the Jami. The Jami. 
So let's try, <laughs> uh, let's try to explain this one and see if we can get a visual over audio. So this Jami is swing into a leg over placement coming out into a cross in one jump, right? So it's a triple under? That's correct. It's triple, yeah. Yep, okay. So this is a, okay, I really want to talk to you about something uh, specific, and that is creating new jump rope tricks, right? Yeah. <laughs> so how so how frequently are new jump rope tricks created now, All today? All the time. All the time. And I, I feel like sometimes like it's accelerating. I see, I, I tell people that I've been doing this you know, for what, 34 years now or so. And I've seen new tricks every single year that I've been doing this. It never stops. It's one of the things that I love the most about this sport is Mm -hmm. that there's just an infinite amount of variety and creativity that's available to people. Um, Mm -hmm. if you just use your imagination and, uh, you know, I was very lucky to have like a front row seat, you know, early on to the creation of a lot of the foundational stuff that then people build on. Right. So if you go back and look at, um, you know, things like TJ and Jami, you know, people took that to the next level and started adding additional, you know, unders, you know, yeah. to it, and, um, or additional crosses. Now I see people doing EBTJs and stuff like it's nothing. And I mm-hmm. just, it blows my mind. And then just today I posted, you know, a video of, uh, a Bailey from, uh, yes. pro form mm-hmm. doing a pack flip with a TJ. Yeah, that and, is yeah, the fun part about that for me is that I was there when that trick was created. No um, way. Who did it? Uh, it was Derek Hirai from uh, Sitka Skippers. Um, and we were uh, – I was in college at the time. And we were uh, on a trip up to Alaska to perform at a bunch of different workshops and camps up there. And we were kind of traveling around for a couple of weeks throughout Alaska. But we had stopped uh, – I think we were in Sitka at the time. And, uh, we were just, uh, messing around in somebody's front yard. I don't remember whose front yard it was, but they had a trampoline, uh, one of those big trampolines. And so naturally jumpers get together. They start trying to one up each other. Yep. <laughs> and so, so Derek and I were on the trampoline just trying to do the craziest tricks we could. And, um, and Derek was a very, uh, talented gymnast, much more so that I wasn't really so much into the flips and things like that. And so he was kind of just destroying me. And, um, eventually I just, I just started like making stuff up yeah. uh, and seeing if he could do it. Yep. And so I said, are you're so hot, do a backflip with a TJ. And of course he does it like first try no. and I was just blown away. I was like, okay, it's over. You're done. You win, you know? Yeah. Well then yeah. fast forward like a year later, we're at nationals and, uh, we're competing and against each other in the, in the finals, uh, for single rope freestyle. And he does it on the floor and the whole place just goes nuts, man. And, yeah, uh, and of course he yeah. walks away with the, the championship. So, uh, totally earned, uh, he was a, such an amazing jumper, but so anytime I see somebody do things like that, now I see people throwing things like, you know, backflip AS and that, okay. Uh, the backflip just, AS thing needs to like, that's uh, crazy. The fact that's that so like, scary. yeah, like people like <laughs> Porter and them, they're just throwing it like it's nothing like that. The, decided think, that those guys, uh, you know, don't have any concept of death yet. And that's why they're so real. good. <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah, honestly. And also what's, what's hard to tell too, when you're looking at the video is how difficult that skill really is, oh, you know, it's insane. yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, um, cause you're saying, you know, we we're, we're seeing tricks created all the time, but these tricks that are created, they are from my perspective, very elite level or master level skills. Like, you know, Seth threw an EBTJ frog. So EB, yeah, EBTJ landing in a handstand position, which is 
wild, right? But but kind of a lot of the foundational skills that you were talking about, those are combined and put together for these high-level skills, right? So there's kind of a difference between um, combining skills and having a style. Would you, would you say that's correct? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, a great example of something that's evolved kind of since I stopped competing is all the releases and rope manipulations. So oh, yes. when I was competing, um, you know, when I grew up, it was very much, um, you know, me and Demarcus and Derek Eps and Sunwin, um, and then the guys before me, like John Sparks and Chad Vara and those guys were all kind of like power style jumpers. So it was a lot of um, big jumps, big air, um, big multiples, um, a few flips, um, and and that was kind of the core of what we did. A lot of power tricks, right? A lot of frogs, push-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was around the guys that invented like the kamikazes and the belch frog and things like that, right? And so I got yeah. to learn from all those guys. But then, so a few years after I was kind of out of competition, then people like Mike Fry come along and start doing all these, you know, crazy releases and the Mick, right. And the Mick didn't exist when I was jumping. Yeah. And so it's been, that's been fun for me to try to learn some of those things kind of after the fact. Who who did the first Mick? Do you know? I think it was, might've been Mike Fry. Um, Are you uh, serious? Okay. Like I know you should ask, you should, you should ask him. I don't, I don't fully know the history of that trick, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's 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 uh, he's certainly the one that that um, that I first saw doing it and uh, and perfecting it and really kind of popularizing it. I don't know if he was for sure the first one that did it, but uh, he would know. I mean, he is he is absolutely a legend, but like people don't know like how much of a legend Mike really is, you know, like he's oh, he's incredible. Yeah, like amazing. Like it's it's honest. It's crazy for me, too, because. You know, one thing I really want to highlight too, as you're talking about these different names of people is that the competitive jump rope community and the jump rope community in general, honestly, is just really, really tight. Like, you know, everyone and the fact that like, you know, I have, you know, I I know Mike and can send him a text whenever and we're friends like that, that blows my mind because my 10 year old self was just sitting on the computer watching videos just like everyone else, you know? Yeah. Well, it's it's a different, yeah. And it's a different day now because of social media and everything, um, that, uh, allows us to kind of connect in that way that didn't really exist when I was coming up. So I'm very jealous now of, (laughs) of the people like, you know, uh, it's really like the people like me, and Seth and Porter and Bailey and, and, you know, all the kids coming up now that, um, that have access to, you know, number one, a TV studio in their pocket, um, to capture and record all this Mm -hmm. stuff because they've got now on video the first time that they did all these tricks. Right. And there's this history and, and Nick Woodard was maybe kind of the first one that kind of started to live in through that a little bit through, you know, because YouTube had, um, you know, started to become popular, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, while he's inventing like the moneymaker and, you know, death wish and things like that. Right. And that just didn't exist when I was growing up, right? So I've got old VHS tapes of us. <laughs> no way, so, really? Yeah. yeah. That so would I've got, be so, so I've cool got to see video that. of like the first subway, right? Um, and that's the one thing that I've got that I'm proud that we have on on video the very first time it was done. And the uh, Grand Central but, Station, right? You have that, yeah. The Grand Grand Central Station's uh, out there as well, yeah. And that it's so funny that came along about ten years after we did the subway. Um, so, 10 years after, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I think it was around 10 years later that, uh, that they did grand central station. Can you explain what the grand central station is? Because this is a pretty oh mind boggling. It's incredible. Yeah. So 
Um, so first you have to understand what a subway is, right? So a subway is um, some number of people jumping in a push-up position, and then you have a, another jumper uh, going underneath them perpendicular to the way they're facing. And so they that jumper goes into kind of a similar push-up position, but goes underneath the people that are doing a push-up and comes up on the other side. And I was part of, in double dutch typically, yeah. I was part of the first group that that did that. Um, And so we did that in somewhere around like 1994 or something like that maybe. Um, And then I think it was somewhere around, you know, 2004 or something like that maybe when – uh, you know, Jeff Moss and Nick and those guys, uh, did the, the grand central station, which is a variation on that where they have, <laughs> it's so you have to really see it. It's such a, you can't, it's, it's so hard to explain, but you've so got how many, how many people, people do you have in the middle of double edge? I don't even remember how many they have in it, but they have at least, um, two people jumping in a push up. Then you have somebody jumping on their backs perpendicular to them. Uh-huh. And then you have people going underneath and they have people doing an ultimate subway head on underneath all of that mess. Is that what they call an ultimate subway? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Where it's, uh, where you're going, uh, straight head to head and you go over somebody like that. Oh my gosh. That is just, I remember when I saw that, that video for the first time and I was just sat there floored pressing play Uh-oh. again and again and again and again. I'm like, well, my, these guys my are favorite crazy. One is, there's a video, uh, a couple of years back, uh, from the hot dog USA, um, uh, team. They had a, uh, community show, uh, for their end of the year. And it's one of the best shot, uh, and edited jump rope videos that, that exists. And uh, they do a Grand Central Station at the end of that, and it's in slow motion. And you oh, can hear the ropes boy. hitting the ground. Uh, I'll send it to you. It's so yeah. good. It's and we'll so definitely good. link that one up too in the show notes because that's going to be – we're going to have a lot of videos to link up in the show notes. <laughs> it's going to be so good. So um, let's kind of talk about tournament structure because this one I'm I'm actually curious about too because – I mean, I know about the the U.S. U.S. Uh, tournament structure, but not so much international. How, what what's the differences there? Or like, how are they similar? Or uh, how does that play out? Well, so it's changed over the years. Um, so, World Jump Rope uh, has uh, a, you know it's very similar to what you would see at a, at a national competition, at least here in the U.S. Um, you have your single rope freestyles, your pairs freestyles, you know, all the same events. You've you you know speed events. Um, so it's very similar, um, for the world jump rope championships, they had, um, uh, several days of age division championships, and then they take the, uh, top competitors from those and they, uh, move on to the grand, uh, world championships. And that's the final day. That's the big showcase, uh, where you have, you know, the top jumpers in the world, uh, competing each against each other in, in a variety of different events. And it's so much fun to watch and you can go, um, you know, look on uh, YouTube and find the, the world jump rope uh, championships from the past several years. And, uh, and they film the whole thing and, and put it up there and they have live commentary from, from former jumpers that, uh, uh, and sometimes current jumpers that are running back and forth between competing on the floor and, yeah. <laughs> and announcing in the booth. So oh, man. it's, uh, it's so much fun to watch. Um, so, so that, that tournament is open. So the, at the national level, it's open for competitors to sign up and come compete. Um, currently, currently, that's going to be changing though. With um, IJRU uh, in 2020, uh, you will need to qualify through your national governing body in order to come to the tournament. Okay. And so 
Um, and for the U.S., that's through uh, the American Jump Rope Federation, which I'm uh, uh, currently a board member of. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, people will have to qualify through through our national tournament. And this is different than it used to be, correct? So, like, if we go yes. back to yeah. um, the documentary Jump, remember mm-hmm. that? That was a while ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it used yeah. to be a regional national world, right? There's a regional competition divided up between obviously neighboring states and then nationals and then worlds if you did well at nationals is that is that right yeah that's that used to be the way it is in fact when i um competed um the first year that i won a world championship um it was it was kind of that way they selected a uh, a team and it, it really was kind of at the discretion of the national organizations to decide who they fielded um from their mm-hmm. uh from their country and uh they didn't have enough uh, all male teams uh, to, to round out a full roster. And so they put me together with, um, a, uh, a few other jumpers that had also competed at the national tournament, but didn't have a full, uh, complement of, uh, you know, a, a full all male team. Um, and so we, we were assembled to kind of go, uh, compete at the, the, the championships that summer mm-hmm. and it ended up winning the whole thing. So it was a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. really similar to, um, to other, other national sport organizations, right? A lot like uh, wrestling, where wrestling has many different, you know, national organizations with their mm-hmm. own, you know, uh, tournaments and different way of structuring things. And sounds like, well, it obviously is kind of the same thing in our sport, right? Right, and uh, and it's getting back to that, right? So it's um, uh, IJRU will be moving that direction again, and so. Uh, I'm excited with, with where that's headed and, and, uh, you know, the people that are involved there have really done a fantastic job of moving the needle on, uh, international participation, um, and getting recognition by, you know, the, the global Alliance for international sports federations, uh, is a big step forward for our sport. And that happened, you know, just last year. Um, so that's, uh, it's really incredible what they've been able to pull off. How many uh, other countries have competitive jump rope? Um, there's more all the time. I think uh, uh, that's the previous that world like to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think at last year's world championships. I think we had something like 30 or 32 different countries represented. Um, oh, okay. I may not have that completely accurate, but I think that's about right. Um, and uh, and they've got more on the way. So. Uh, yeah, so I'm curious. So in other countries, though, it's it's a lot different than in the U.S. So, for instance, it varies by country for sure. Yeah, I think in China, and and definitely correct me if I'm wrong here, but China and I think India as well, jump rope is actually an established sport, part of the school system. Uh, yeah, in some places, in some countries, it is. Yeah, and uh, they also have a lot of government backing um, uh, as. Uh, you know, their official sports federations. And we're working on that in the U S um, that's one of the, the, the big, uh, stumbling blocks we've had in the past is that we weren't, uh, recognized by the USOC and things like that. And so we're trying to do the things that we need to do in order to make that happen. And, uh, and that's kind of where we're, where we're headed. So there's the big question from a lot of jumpers that are, you know, new or, you know, a little experienced, when is jump rope going to be in the Olympics? <laughs> I kind of say that with a little bit of a smile because uh, everyone seems to ask that at some point, right? 
Sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, sooner than later, um, it's something that we're definitely working towards and, and just the big step forward that we took was this merger of world jump rope and IJRU. I mean, uh, world jump rope and FISAC to form IJRU that, uh, I don't think people appreciate how big of a deal that is and then how important that is for our sport. Um, you know, the Global Alliance for International Sports Federations, uh, you know, doesn't want to, you know, pick between organizations. And so anytime that there's two, um, they, they tell them to go work it out. And so the fact okay. that those two organizations were able to, you know, come together and, and, you know, set aside their differences and realize that for the, the greater good of the sport, this is the path forward. Um, you know, that's, it's really huge. And so, um, it's really important that everybody kind of get on board and support that effort, um, because that is the path forward, um, to getting into the Olympics. And so, um, you know, that's, that's something that, uh, is of utmost importance is making sure that, that IJRU is, is positioned correctly in the international community. And, and everybody understands that that's, that is our international governing body for the sport going forward. Yeah. Yeah, you can feel, I mean, at least I can feel the the difference in the community in terms of unifying jumpers together. Yes. Like yes. it's it's pretty it's pretty wild, especially and I'm I'm sure you share this too. Like when I started jumping, it was jump rope very much was you were either a competitive jumper doing all these, you know, skills and crazy different things or you were just occasionally using it as conditioning. There was mm-hmm. really, there was no middle ground to, to my understanding when I started. And mm-hmm. now it's amazing how much of a, like a blend there is all over the place, yeah. you know, of different yeah. styles. Well, it's such a versatile tool, right? And, um, it's one of the things that I love about it is that it's, um, something that anybody can learn, but you can spend a lifetime trying to master it. And, uh, there's just an infinite number of challenges in as many years as I've been doing this, you know, I've learned a lot and, and, uh, done a lot of things, but there's always something new to learn. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the things that is really appealing to me. I, you know, I didn't really come at it from a fitness angle. Fitness is just kind of a byproduct of it for me. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm interested in more of the, you know, the sport angle and the, just, it, it's so much fun to learn a new trick and to, to do something, to get into that flow state where you're just, you know, doing trick, 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 you know, and, um, and nothing beats that. And that's, that's kind of why I like to do it. Right. And, uh, the competitions, um, you know, I love competing and everything like that, but it was, it was always just about trying to get to the next level of, you know, we weren't so much worried about how we finished, uh, you know, in the competition, we were worried about whether or not we hit our routine clean <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and whether Seriously. or not we we're, you know, we're really just trying to impress each other you know, and, uh, that's what we cared about more than whether or not we won. Can you, yeah. Can you talk about more with the, talk more about that flow state? Yeah. So man, the flow state, that's so there's like this moment of like euphoria when you nail a trick or you nail a sequence or yeah, there's something about, um, you know, that mind body connection of, uh, you know, just kind of your, your rope just becomes an extension of you and you're just flowing. And, and I'll tell you what's even better than the flow state with single rope is the flow state with double Dutch. If you can get a group of people together on the same page in sync, going trick, 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 hand off, you know, all these, you know, rope manipulations and releases and turn involvement. 
um, there, there's nothing else like it. Um, it, that's, that was my absolute favorite thing to do was, uh, just to have a really, really intricate double dutch routine. Yeah, that's, it's something else when you, when you match, it's also when you're practicing for that moment, <laughs> it can be completely the opposite, <laughs> but that's what makes it so great. It takes a lot of work to get there, but when you get there, man, it's so good. Yeah. How are, um, how are the routines judged? And we, we have a couple different styles, right? There's freestyle, but there's also speed. We kind of alluded to it before. There's speed and power. Yeah, so we'll, let's start with speed um, and power. So uh, speed is uh, basically running in place uh, with your rope as fast as you can. And the judges count uh, the, every time that your right foot hits the ground. And they do that because it's your typically jumpers are going so fast that they can't possibly count both feet. <laughs> yeah. And so they, uh, they've learned to and been trained to count the right foot every time it hits the ground. And so you go for some period of time. So there's 30 second speed. There's um, some, some countries have minute speeds. Uh, some, uh, there's three minute speed events, um, which are, which is brutal. Difficult. It's brutal. That is and did not you watch, fun for me. <laughs> yeah, did you watch the world championships this past year? No, uh, but I heard, I heard, Rope? yeah, no, I heard someone so, hit a three per second pace the whole time. Uh, six per second. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you double it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh my six God. jumps per second. Yeah. So they were, um, there was, uh, it was Stuart, Stuart Isaacs and uh, a jumper from Korea were, um, both jumping in three minute, uh, male speed. And, um, we knew that both of them were, were likely to break 500, um, in three minutes, which is a thousand jumps. It's, it's insane. But the really exciting thing was, uh, that the Korean jumper was, was going for the world record, which is 550. (laughs) Yeah. And he gets to like 549 and steps on the rope. <laughs> no, I, oh my God. And, I just had like a visceral reaction when you said that. <laughs> Cause yes, when you're in competition, you know, that's like, Oh, that's and he looks up at the scoreboard and then tries to get going again and can't get it started again before the buzzer. No, did he, and did he, trip he just on the way up? He just collapses on the floor and he's like, and everybody, the announcers, everybody just goes, Oh, <laughs> so he needed two, two more counts. More, score. He needed one more right foot on the ground to tie it and one more to break it. That's all he needed. Oh my God. And he was right there. He was on pace to do it completely. And it was just for me, it was a classic sports drama moment. And I yeah. put that up there with any top 10 kind of like sports, you know, center kind of uh, play of the day sort of thing. Because, uh, you know, I think Lee Reisig was on the call uh, and he's just urging these guys forward. And you can hear it in his voice that as they're getting closer, he's going, yeah. come on, come on, come on, push it, push it, push it, you know. Yep. And then he steps on the rope and everybody just screams. <laughs> it's so similar to like uh, track or running where yes. you have a fraction of a second that you're trying to get, you know, ahead of. Or, yeah, it makes all the difference. And it's mm-hmm. it's that slight. You know, like if you start off the blocks just a little bit wrong, you just, you know, and it's the same kind of thing where you trip at the last second. It's like, oh, and I'm man. just, and, and speed has gotten so much faster than when I was jumping. So, so when I was jumping, you know, the top scores were maybe in the low eighties, uh, for 30 seconds. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, so, Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. So I was doing, you know, I was not for single rope or double edge for single rope, single okay. rope. So for single rope speed. I did really good to break into the mid seventies. Right. And cause I was just slow. <laughs> um, 
but the other thing is, is the technology's changed over the years too, right? So when I was jumping, we didn't have wire ropes yet until much until I was much oh, older. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so wire ropes didn't come along until I was already in college. Um, so, uh, so we were using like the old school licorice ropes, you know, and trying to, trying to crank, you know, so we were doing 75 with licorice ropes, right? Wow. That well, is tough. so now kids are breaking, you know, hundreds left and right, um, you know, in 30 seconds, which just blows my mind, which is 200 jumps, 200 jumps in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, that is insane. Okay. So that, so that's speed and, and there's that's speed. speed for single rope and double Dutch, but we've Correct. also got freestyle can you kind of give a lay of the land of what different freestyle events there are yeah so the best way to think about freestyle is it's kind of uh akin to like a floor exercise in gymnastics right so you have a a space marked off that's the freestyle area and uh, the jumper goes out there and they have a minute and 15 seconds to um impress the judges with their best tricks and so the judges are looking for um a different variety of tricks so they're looking for um, different, uh, you know, crosses, multiples, um, changes in direction, changes in speed, uh, you know, rope manipulations, rope releases. Um, they're looking for all those things. They're looking for, you know, change of direction, um, moving around the floor. They don't want you just standing in one place and, um, they're scoring the tricks as you do them. Uh, so with the, the new scoring system that we have, uh, in, uh, the American Jumper Federation and in, uh, world jump rope and, um, you know, possibly soon in IJRU is they are, um, you know, every time you do a trick they're they're uh, using a tablet to score you and give you a score for each trick that you do based on the the difficulty of the trick that you do um so that's kind of the content portion of it and then there's a uh, presentation uh, portion so we have judges that are looking for you know are you uh, presenting yourself while you're standing upright, um, or are you landing like sloppily, you know, in a crouch, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And so they're looking for, you know, does it clean? Is it look clean? Is it flow? Um, does it look nice? Yeah. And that's a lot of the reason why, like for the general fitness jumpers, when they see competitors, a lot of times you see comments like, Oh wow, like that's very clean or, you know, you're, you're smiling so much and, and that's exactly why, right? Yeah. You're trained to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you, pr- you drill it over and over and over again. And people don't understand, you know, they kind of see the cleaned up things on Instagram a lot uh, mm-hmm. of people doing these tricks, but what they don't see are the literally hundreds of attempts that went into that before you start to get it. Um, you know, even just something like the Mick, right. Um, I had to learn the Mick, uh, you know, much later and, uh, and it took me, you know, a solid year of working on it, uh, before I started to feel comfortable with catching it and it still didn't look clean. Um, and now I've been doing it for a few years and, uh, and I can get it very clean, but now I'm on to like the step through mix, right. And trying to catch those and I can do it really good to one side, but not so good to the other yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm still working <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah. And, and when the, when, uh, competitors are practicing these, these routines, I think of this a lot in terms of multiples, but it applies to really any sequence. They're doing that exact sequence again and again and again. Like it's not over and over and over. Yeah. It's called freestyle and it kind of is, but it's kind of not. It's like you've, it's not you've improvised. Chosen. 
Yeah, it's a it's a predetermined routine. If you go out there and try to improvise, you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless I've, I've tried to do it. <laughs> unless you're really really good, you know, some jumpers show up a week before with their team and they just throw something together and it works. Yeah, so the thing that I always did, um, and I got uh, you know criticized for it a little bit, but I basically did the same routine every year. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for several years in a row because once you perfected it. Um, you know, it was, so it was mine and, and, uh, and I had done the same routine so much that when we had that team that was assembled for the world championships that, uh, they already knew my routine. <laughs> so when we did the four person freestyle, it was basically my routine. <laughs> no way. Because <laughs> the guys already knew how to do it because they had watched it so many times. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my gosh. Wow, dude. That's, that's, that's wild. So you, you said you've, you've traveled a lot. Where, where have you gone? Um, so I got to, I was very fortunate that, uh, you know, from high school and college, I got to travel all over the world to, uh, perform and teach and compete. So I got to go obviously all over the United States, um, Canada, Mexico, Spain, Belgium, Holland, South Korea, Germany, France, England, uh, Sweden, all over. This is all for jump rope. All for jump rope. Man, that it's so wild that that it's it's incredible. And I I consider myself very blessed because, um, you know, I got to have these amazing experiences at a very young age. I, you know, by the time I was 18, I had traveled more places than most people will get to go in a lifetime. Um, and all because of a piece, all because of a rope, all because of a rope. Yep. One of the things I want to tell you is just, um, how much I appreciate what you're doing in the jump rope community right now. Thank Um, you. So, yeah, I think it's so cool to me to see um, there's been this fitness community that's really popped up online in the last few years, uh, especially with, you know, people, you know, CrossFit kind of starting to introduce double unders into their their workouts. And now I think they're even moving into triples a little bit and kind of dipping their toes into that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, bad information out there and stuff about uh, how to jump rope. And so to me, it's, it's refreshing to see somebody in kind of the fitness community that actually comes from, you know, the, the sport side of it that understands jump rope in, in the same way that I do as a sport, um, and, uh, and giving correct advice about how to jump and proper length of your rope and all that stuff. So I think you're doing a really good job of that and, and starting to bridge that gap. And, and I think that's one of the things we have to do a better job of as a sport, um, is starting to reach out to some of those folks and, and start to, you know, funnel them into the sports side of things. Cause there's a lot of people doing really amazing things in, mm-hmm. in the jump rope community right now. And, and, uh, I'd love to see some of them, you know, come to, you know, some of our events and, and start to, uh, participate in, in it as a sport. Um, because some of them are certainly right there and, and capable of doing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have, we have, um, an event every, uh, March, uh, at the Arnold sports festival in Columbus, Ohio, um, that's run by, uh, AMJRF, um, where we have a, a competition there, uh, for jump, just for jump rope. And it's and open so, to all um, ages and everything. It, uh, yes. Yeah, it is. And, um, so we've, it's been, you know, mostly uh, youth market oriented so far, but I, we need to expand it into the adult market as well. Right. And, and capture some of what's going on in that CrossFit community and, um, and bring those folks over and, and show them that there's more to this sport than, than just double unders, endless double unders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's also like, there's structured competitions, right? And Absolutely. there's yeah. no reason that, people in you know outside of the competitive community can't come in and be part of it you know that's right yeah also there's no reason why competitors can't go out and be part of the fitness community 
you know, exactly. and kind of shift up their, their workout programs too, to kind of test out new things. Yep. Uh, that's really good. Good point. And you see people like Nick Woodard, right. Um, who yes. um, mm-hmm. comes from the competitive side is now, you know, a personal trainer and, and, uh, working, you know, uh, with fitness folks and stuff like that. So, um, and, and then yourself too, um, you know, doing what you do. So, uh, I'm excited to see, you know, people that have come up through the ranks, uh, you know, starting to share what they know with, with the broader fitness community. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. All right. So next question for you, big old question. What is jump rope for you? Jump rope is a sport. <laughs> jump rope is a sport. Yep. It's, just, it's simple, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that, uh, like I said, anybody can learn, but you can spend a lifetime trying to master it. There's, there's so many tricks available and, and I see people, you know, really, um, starting to get good and smooth online. A lot of the fitness jumpers coming in now and, and, uh, and jumping, but, uh, it's fun to see them to start to, uh, explore, you know, some of the tricks that, that we've been working on for years and, uh, and see them start to get them. That's, it's pretty exciting. And some of them kind of rising up to our level too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. You look at like Jimmy or, you know, Sonny and those guys, they're, they're, uh, they're really starting to learn, uh, you know, Chris Walker, um, you know, those guys are, are coming along, uh, rapidly, uh, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, man. Well, honestly, that that's a that's a pretty good spot, I think, to uh, to kind of wrap up. This has been this has been such an awesome awesome chat, man. I really appreciate you being on. Oh yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been great. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Sounds good.